Well, good morning, everyone. So this month, we have been in an interesting part of Mark's gospel. We went all the way to the back of the begin, back to the beginning, where Jesus, before this scene, has been healing and casting out demons and teaching to the crowds. Last week, we heard the parable of the mustard seed. It's important to remind you that as readers of the Gospel of Mark, we know who Jesus is because we know the end of the story. And we know it at the beginning, because at the beginning of Mark, in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, it states the beginning of the good news of Jesus, the Messiah. But I'd like you to look at this story today in a different lens, a lens um, through the disciples and what the people um, in that time, how they were viewing Jesus. They were still trying to figure out who Jesus is. So I want you to do that to understand the importance of this story. So after a long day of teaching, we see in the text that Jesus instructs his disciples to get in the boat and travel to the other side. A few things to consider for the setup of this story that are important. First, it's evening when they venture out. Um, so the sun is saying it's starting to get dark. It's going to be hard to see. And the disciples are journeying in a boat, but there are other boats on the journey with them. And we can maybe assume as readers that maybe they're following Jesus, um, since he had many crowds following him. And as they're traveling along, a great windstorm comes upon the boat that is carrying the disciples and Jesus. This windstorm was so intense that the waves started to crash into the boat. Water is filling up inside, and fear starts to grip the disciples. Now, some of the disciples, you'll remember, were fishermen. So if they're terrified, you definitely know that this is a terrifying storm. But just imagine it. You're trying to navigate in the dark in a rocking boat. Water is splashing all around you. Your feet are slipping on the boards as you try to grip the ropes and keep yourself steady and upright, trying hard to stay in control in an uncontrollable situation. The storm is so intense that it seems that they would meet their end. And where is Jesus? Well, Jesus is asleep. They have to wake him up, which, reading the Gospel of Mark, I find a bit funny. How could Jesus be asleep as the water's splashing and the boat is rocking? But while this destruction is going for full force, they ask him, I'm assuming in a voice of terror and distress and probably a little bit of disgust that he is not helping, don't you care that we are perishing? At that question, Jesus wakes up and calms the storm, saying, Peace, be still. And all becomes calm and still again. In fact, the text tells us that it was so calm, it was a dead calm. All was made peaceful again, and the storm ceased. Now pause right there with that disciple lens. You just witnessed your teacher calming nature. That is a major divine display of power, power that comes from Jesus that controls chaos. 
Now, this type of power is talked about all throughout Hebrew scripture, and it mostly is talked about in the seas, how chaos is in the seas. But what's important to know is that scripture makes it clear that it's the creator of the universe, God. God is the one and only one who holds the power to control the chaos. We read in Job today how God talked to Job saying that I have shut up walls to hold the seas. And in our lectionary today, Psalm 107 talks about God's power over the seas. It is the Lord who causes chaos in the seas, but it's also the Lord who calms it. Psalm 107 states, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, as they're on the sea, and he brought them out of their distress. He'd stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. And now, Jesus is doing just that, hushing the waves and wind, controlling the chaos. And Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? We could also read that statement as Jesus questioning the disciples, don't you trust me? The scripture goes on to say that the disciples are left in awe but you have to know the actual Greek translation is that they were terrified to witness this act. And then they start to reevaluate and question who they are really dealing with in this boat. Who then is this that the sea and the wind obey him? We further see the union between God and the Son through this display of power. Knowing the end of the story, we profess this powerful union in our faith each Sunday. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, who through power from on high defeated death and rose from the grave. Death and destruction did not have the final word at Easter, and it did not have the final word out on the turbulent seas. Outside of this theological focus, we also have to see this illustration of the boats venturing in darkness on a journey. This can tell us something about our own journey, our own walk with Jesus. It causes us to pause and reflect on how Jesus plays an important role in our lives. On the journey to the other side, notice Jesus doesn't travel alone in another boat, leaving the disciples abandoned in distress. He doesn't stay asleep when the disciples call out to him, even when they seem to be angry and rebuke him in their questioning. He doesn't stay silent or immobile. He doesn't even, in his infinite power, leave the boat and save himself and leave the disciples to descend to the deep. Jesus hears the cries of distress and sets himself as the pilot amid this storm and brings calm even when the disciples lack faith and trust in Jesus. At times in our own Christian journey, it is easy to rest in that truth of who Jesus is when everything's going right and everything's going well. But when chaos comes, it's sometimes harder and it's quite a trial to keep the promise and power of Christ in focus. We can find ourselves acting a bit like the disciples, maybe focusing too much on the chaos at hand and being wound up in it. 
Life throws various and complex circumstances, some of which cause us to wrestle in our own faith and wonder where God is. Can God hear me? Does God care about me? Is God asleep while the storm is happening in our lives and in our world? Where do we really turn when fear grips us? And fear does have that capability to take hold. It's okay to say that we can from time to time feel like Job and the disciples who call out to God in anger, hopelessness, and distress. In life, there will be chaos. God's creation holds both life and destruction. And in living, that is a truth we face. And when those times come in our daily life, lives, we need to pause and consider the good news of our faith. We do not journey alone. Jesus is with us in the boat. This scene of power shows us that God's word in Jesus was able to calm the storm. We need to remember that the Spirit, which is a gift to all of us, will lead us and guide us on the journey. And whether we are speaking or are silent in our prayers to God for help and direction, the Spirit always intercedes for us. We can ask God for wisdom to help guide us. We can look to God's Word and study it to know peace when we no longer see the horizon, when we are teetering a bit off balance, or we're trying to hold on to wet ropes with blistered hands, trying to hang on and stay in control. We can take steps of faith to ask God to carry this load, which is too hard to carry on our own. God can carry it. There is surrender in that on our part. But there is also a peaceful release of control where we open ourselves up to experience the peace of God and to feel that loneliness disappear. There was a time in my life when my boat was rocking and shaking and I was trying to stay in control in a very uncontrollable set of circumstances. And in that season, I attended a conference um, that was presented by Jennifer Rothschild. And my mom and I went, and she has this series called Fresh Grounded Faith. And we loved her so much that every time she comes into town, my mom and I are like, oh, we got to get tickets and go see her. One thing you need to know about Jennifer is that she's blind. She has a degenerating eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa. In her teenage years, she discovered this diagnosis, and her life turned upside down. Her dreams and hopes for the future took a turn, and her life was altered due to the fact that she was losing her eyesight. She all of a sudden had to learn how to navigate with this new way to live, not being able to see. Her hearing her story was life-changing for me to hear how she navigated through the darkness and how her faith carried her through it. And the theme of that conference was based on Psalm 62.6. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, 
I shall not be shaken. I remember after that first day of teaching and ending the first night, I was so overcome with emotion, kind of like the experiment that Pastor Jim did. I tried to control it. I tried to hide it inside because I thought I could be in control. I didn't need anybody else's help. I realized what I was doing to myself. And I realized the words of truth that were coming into me to say that I didn't need to carry this alone. I started to lean into that verse, that Psalm 62, 6, which reminds me that abiding in God can keep me steady and get me through this storm I was facing. It may have not changed the circumstances, but it certainly gave me peace to get through the day-to-day. It reminded me who God is and how much God loves me. Psalm 62.6 has been my anchor verse that I have used for quite a few years now. I have prayed that psalm whenever I felt distressed. I have shared it with other people. I have items in my phone I, or in my home. I have a coffee mug and some plaques and stuff with that verse so that when I come upon it, I remember who my God is. And I'll be honest with you, there have been some Holy Spirit moments where that verse has just popped up, the moments that I needed to see it. That's how God works. I encourage you today that if you do not have an anchor verse or a passage that you lean into when times get tough, take some time this week to find scripture that reminds you of God's power, God's love, God's presence that continually surrounds you and that you will never be separated from. Find scripture that gives you wisdom to navigate challenging times and encourage you. Find scriptures that also challenge you, maybe in an area where you need to work on. Internal battles are real also. And I encourage you not to just read them, but also write them down. Put them somewhere where you can see them, memorize them. Let them saturate your life and your spirit. A lot of us here like to use version. We also like to use Dwell. Those are great apps that you can use to help you encourage on your faith journey. Continue to be in community with others who are also in their own boats and on the same journey. Lean in and learn from other people. Let the voice of truth come to you. Let that voice remind you that God loves you no matter what you are going through. And God can hold every emotion that you're dealing with and wants to journey with you. Our world and our lives both hold experiences of creation and destruction, joy and sorrow, peace and chaos, life and death. This journey with Jesus is free, and it's freeing. Call out to the one who can bring peace through power. Our fragile boats can be knocked by the twists and turns along the journey, sometimes unpredictable and coming out of nowhere. In our belief, may we grip tight to faith instead of fear, knowing who Jesus is. 
May we turn to the word, trusting in the power it can bring to help navigate the storm. Jesus is in the boat with you, friends. He knows what you're carrying on the journey. Rejoice. Be at peace. For the one who calms the chaos will never leave you and will journey with you to the other side. Thanks be to God. Amen.